Matt Gall and head coach Mark Sfagheri here with another edition of the BC Buckets podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University Basketball. We're doing this over Zoom again this week, uh, again, just to make sure we're following the right protocols here in this time of COVID to make sure that we can keep games on the schedule and, and hopefully get some fans in the stands once games start. And coach, like we uh, insinuated last week, uh, that starts, you know, this upcoming Saturday already with the first game and first home game of the year against Bellevue, which we'll talk about. But how does it feel to be finally be talking about games on the schedule? Um, short answer, stressful. A um, little bit longer answer, exciting at the same time. You know, this is, uh, I think in, in my now 10 years at Briarcliff, this is the earliest we've played an actual game. And there's a couple of reasons for that. A lot of it is, is COVID-based and scheduling has been kind of a mess for for everybody across the country over the last, you know, six, seven months now. So kind of had to get games where we could get games and it's a little early, but I think at this point our guys are ready to go. And um, I think they're always going to be more ready for the first game than, than we are as coaches. Um, you know, they've been practicing for four five, six weeks, whatever it is. And they're, they're probably sick of practice, ready to play somebody. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, we still need to do this, 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 and this. And so, um, but I, I think at, all in all, you know, with four more days of practice this week, I think we'll be ready to roll. So, you know, before a season starts, there's always things we talk about, and that's the roster, which we've done, and, and coaching changes and those sorts of things. Well, kind of the last housekeeping piece, I guess, preseason business that happens each year uh, within the conference is the selection of the initial coaches poll teams. And so that came out last week. Um, and – you know, Morningside, Northwestern, and Dort were, were up top at one, two, three, which, you know, isn't uh, going to probably shock a lot of people. Those are all good programs with a lot of history. Uh, Briarcliff was picked eighth, so kind of there in the middle um, as far as preseason expectation goes. But those really don't mean a whole lot, as you know, other than start getting people thinking about basketball. So when that comes out, you know, what, do you guys notice that? Is there talk about it, or is it kind of just, you know, it doesn't really mean a whole lot other than just a bunch of numbers at this point. Yeah, we will talk about it briefly. And we did that the other day. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think I've probably said this every year. It's as coaches, we vote on that across the league and it's, it's a guess. I think a lot of people use last year's standings and you know, that's about where we finished a year ago. And so I, I was certainly not surprised by it. Um, definitely think we're, we're better than an eighth place team in our league, but you know, that's the beauty of playing basketball. You got to go out and do it. And so I, I don't think it's something our guys are going to get all caught up in or anything like that. I mean, does it put a chip on guys' shoulders? Maybe, maybe not. I, I just think if, if we need some kind of external thing like that to put a chip on our shoulder to be ready to play basketball, then we're probably not going to be very good anyway. And we talk to our guys a lot about the expectations within our program. They're always going to be high. It doesn't matter what people think from the outside, what polls say, what preseason stuff says we expect to compete at the top of the league and, and be in the mix for national tournament berths. And that's, that's going to be no different this year. You know, and I, I think bigger than that, Matt, you know, talk, just talking polls briefly, you look at like the NAI top 25 poll, which also came out this week. And with the merger from two divisions in NAI basketball to one, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting year because we've become accustomed to, you know, four or five, maybe on a great week, great year, six GPAC teams being recognized in the top 25. 
And, you know, this year we had, we only had three recognized in the, in the initial poll. And, you know, I think a lot of it's just stupid math. We've gone from 135 teams we're competing against to just about 250. And so it's going to be harder to get in those polls. It's going to be, you know, it just makes everything a little more difficult. Uh, but at the same time, I'm kind of excited for the change. I think there's going to be a lot of um, just different things postseason wise. And that's, I, I just hope we're, we're able to talk about that come February because that means we're in the mix. But uh, it's going to be an interesting year. And you throw, you know, COVID on top of that. It's just, you know, a lot of new stuff, a lot of different stuff coming at everybody in one year. Well, like we said, you know, the journey kind of gets started this Saturday with uh, Bellevue. And Bellevue is a, a name that comes up every year. Uh, I feel like we play those guys just as much as we play a lot of conference teams. It almost feels like they're part of the G-Pack sometimes. Um, and they play a lot of common opponents and stuff too. So, you know, it's always a good early season test, I think, for you guys because they have a, a good program. They're a winning program. Uh, they're also kind of a, a perennial uh, tournament team. And so you, know, you got Bellevue first game. I believe you play them twice early in the season. Looks like you have them on the schedule maybe on, on – That's a, twice in eight days, actually, Matt. Yeah, so Halloween uh, you'll play down at their place. So it almost is like a conference home-and-home uh, home from that standpoint. But, you know, they were 24-8 and eight last year. You guys got a nice win over them early in the season last year. You play them at home this Saturday, the 24th, at uh, 4 o'clock. Uh, what do you know about the 2020-2021 edition of Bellevue? Well, I think – I mean, you said it, Matt. I think if you really looked hard at the last two decades of NAI basketball, you know, you'd have a very short list of programs that you would say that entire time were, were an elite program. I think Bellevue's in that mix for sure. Um, you know, they've had an unbelievable run spanning three different coaches. Um, you know, so they, they've done some pretty impressive things there. And, um, you know, we got them down there last year, this year. Um, you know, it's, the first game's always tough. Um, especially this early, neither one of us has played. So both of us are going to go into this game kind of guessing, you know, who's going to play for the other team, what they're going to run, base that off of, you know, last year and, and last couple of years stuff. But I do know Bellevue brings back a lot. Um, they have an All-American guard back in Jamel King. Um, he's a load to deal with at, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six as a point guard. Um, they're they're going to be big, physical, going to really try to drive it at you and put a lot of pressure on your defense. And it's a, you know, like most games this year, we're going to be a little undersized in comparison to our opponent. And that's something we've talked about a lot with our guys. It's something that, you know, I think our guys are really starting to embrace that we need to be really, really scrappy. We need to be really tough. Um, we need to play really aggressive defensively to counteract that. Um, but there, it, it's going to be a test. We're going to have to you know, come out and play focused basketball and, and really execute our stuff to to make sure we've got a chance down the stretch in that game. And you mentioned, uh, you know, we do play them two times in eight days, and that's chalked that up to COVID scheduling again. Um, we were originally just going to play them here the one time, which is pretty standard for us in Bellevue. And then some things happened. We lost some games due to COVID issues in other leagues, and they had the team drop out of their classic over the Halloween weekend. And so fortunately we do play somebody in between. It's not Bellevue, Bellevue. Um, it's Bellevue, Bethany, Bellevue. Uh, but I think we're going to, you know, next week when we talk about playing Bellevue a second time, we'll have a lot more familiarity and scouting report's going to be a little bit easier, obviously. 
far as rotations and those sorts of things go when you're in a new year with a essentially a new mix of guys, you know, do you go into that first game kind of knowing what you want to do in terms of minute distribution and those sorts of things, or do you feel some of that out as you go just based on how that last week or two of practice goes for you? Well, it's, it's an ongoing evaluation. Um, you know, I, I've got a pretty good idea right now of who's going to start for us uh, Saturday afternoon and at least a couple of the two, three guys that are going to play off the bench. But that's something, you know, we're constantly evaluating as coaches. And, you know, we talk to our guys about not being complacent. You know, if you're, if you're starting, if you're not playing, don't be complacent with that because things always change. And every single year things change in terms of who's playing. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like Mike Tyson said, Matt, everybody has a, a plan until they get punched in the face. And so, you know, that's – sometimes that happens. First game, you know, you have a great plan of, you know, how you want to sub, how you want to set the lineups and all that. And then all of a sudden somebody gets two fouls in the first two minutes. And so it just throws you for a real loop. But I think, uh, I think one of the strengths of our team will be our depth this year. And that's a, a blessing and a curse at the same time because you can't play – or it's really hard to play 12, 14 guys in a game. You know, we've generally been a rotation of, you know, nine, maybe 10. And so we're, we're going to leave out some good players that have done some really good things for us. And that's, that's what makes it tough. But that also is, is a positive for us in terms of that makes our practices incredibly competitive. And, you know, that's going to push us to be better all season long would be my hope at least. So the last piece of this that I want to talk about with this game is, you know, in the past we haven't really talked about fan protocol and all that. But as I understand, as of today, um, the plan is to have some some limited capacity. In the gym. Is that correct on Saturday? Well, technically, as of right now, today, Sunday the 18th, um, we are no fans um, okay. for all athletic events. Just we're we're on an operation level of of orange which is a little heightened from yellow, which is what we've been. Um, I, I do still think there's a chance that could change, but I can't promise that. And that's, you know, anybody listening that's a fan that, that wants to know, um, I would tell you to pay attention to, you know, our Briarcliff basketball social media this week and or Briarcliff athletics social media. Um, you know, and that's something we're going we're gonna to deal with all year long, you know, in terms of road games too. You know, just talking to Bellevue's coach, looking ahead to, to next weekend, as of now, they're on a no spectators policy, you know, so we're, we're going to have some games like that. There's going to be other games where, you know, the, the rules are a little bit less and it's just something we're, we'll try to communicate that through social media and obviously, you know, through the players to their families the best we can all year. But certainly, you know, folks can catch the game online, I assume, through online streaming and those sorts of things. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that is the beautiful thing about modern technology is, you know, I think most streaming, at least in our league, is really, really good at this point. You probably know better than I would, Max. I know you watch a lot of those road games, but it seems like most of them are pretty good. And um, it's certainly not the same. And it's, I feel for the kids and their families that, you know, they can't be there to watch them. But, you know, I guess at the end of the day, we're playing basketball. And, you know, when we finished last season in April, I think there was a lot of uncertainty on what this was going to look like. And, you know, we're at a point now where we're ready to play, and that's, that's still a good thing. All right. So uh, that'll be Saturday, October 24th at 4 o'clock. Uh, you know, at a minimum, make sure you figure out where you can watch that game online. And, and who knows, you know, if things go the right direction in the next few days, just keep an eye on university communications and, and make sure that you know what's going on. 
uh, before you plan any trips or anything like that up to the cliff. So with that, you know, uh, that's the only game in the upcoming week. We'll have, like you said, Bethany and Bellevue again to talk about next week. Uh, but let's, uh, let's get to our guest for the week. And this is a first timer on the podcast, uh, sophomore on the squad. And that's Quinn VC, uh, familiar face. If, if, you know, you paid attention to warmups and the bench, I think Quinn had a few minutes last year, so he, he saw some court time, but certainly his role is probably going to pick up a little bit this year. And, uh, Quinn, before we bring you in, I have to ask Coach, because Coach said something before we started recording this. Quinn evidently is carrying a long-time uh, Briarcliff basketball tradition. Can you explain what you're talking about? Yeah, I don't know what it is about our program, Matt, but going back, oh, man, five, six, seven years even, you know, back to when I was an assistant coach, it's like we always have one guy or two guys on the team that comes back for the, the new season with long hair. And apparently, I don't know if Quinn drew the short straw or just thinks it looks good or whatever, but, but Quinn's kind of that guy this year. So he's got the flowing blonde hair going on this year and, uh, you know, kind of carries on a long tradition of Brian Forbes, Eric Erdman, Ethan Friedel, Jake Carley. And I know there's been others in there too, but uh, those are some of the, you know, standouts that had long hair over the last half decade in our program. Quinn, coach kind of threw a, a shot at you there a little bit, but as he goes through those names, Forbes and Erdman, Ethan Friedel, you know, that's pretty good company to be in. So do you take this as a slight or do you feel like you're doing what it takes to become kind of an elite player in this program? Obviously, the hair has a lot to do with uh, being an elite player in the program. So, I mean, I'm just taking that first step. I mean, new role this year. So the hair is the first thing that had to come. Yeah, I mean, he's just jealous he can't wear it like I can. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Matt. I told him yesterday, um, we had our media day on Friday. And so a lot of the local news, you know, outlets were here at practice. And somebody asked me who had the best hair on the team. And I, I think my response was, you mean after me? And so, I mean, I give, I give Quinn second place. Let's talk about basketball, Quinn. Because like I said, you know, you've, you've been a member of the squad now for a year. Um, obviously this year you know, with some departures and you having a year under your belt, um, you know, I'm sure you are ready to step into a bigger role. How do you see your role changing uh, both in practice, both off the court, both in games? You know, how, how does it feel going into your sophomore year now that you have a little bit of experience, you kind of know what's going on now, and now there's younger guys behind you that you need to help kind of shepherd in. How, how do you feel like your role's changed? Well, I mean, last year I was, kind of in those new freshman shoes you know like I learned from a lot of those older guys like even my seniors now this year like I'm still learning from them and my seniors last year that graduated and are now out of the program you know I just I mean the biggest thing from freshman year to sophomore year is just you kind of understand like what it takes because like when you get there you really don't know and so even with this like funky off season, like I kind of understood more what it takes to get where those guys were. And basically, if I was like in their shoes again, I would just tell them to keep working. I mean, it's hard coming from that, like, like you said, bench couple minute role to like really wanting to contribute. Uh, takes a lot of work. And I hope I, well, I know it's going to show uh, this year. So that'll be good. In practice, my role just changed tremendously by leading I mean last year I did I couldn't really tell everyone what to do and like help them because I I, I was new to it as well mm -hmm. so now that I have got that experience and I've learned from those guys and 
see how coach is going to push us in practice and then how hard it really is to win a GPAC game. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're ranked at any week. I mean, we, I mean, we took down the number one team and we weren't on a winning streak at all. And that kind of sparked us. So just bring that same intensity and effort in practice because it is hard to win any GPAC game. Doesn't matter who you're playing. And I, right. hey, I think the thing Quinn omitted there, biggest difference is I probably yell at him a lot more this year. And I did last year, but he, he conveniently omitted that. So that was good on his part. We talked last week about seniors. So you got, uh, you know, Ethan Friedel and Will Johnson this year. Um, from your perspective, Quinn, how have they done stepping into that, you know, kind of seniority leadership role that they probably participated in a little bit as juniors, but now, you know, they're, they're the go-to. So how, how do you feel like they've done so far early in the season? Well, personally, I think they've done a great job. I mean, and that's the stuff that no one will really see, you know. I mean, any great leader, they they don't really expect to be seen like that. But uh, I think they've done a great job. I mean, our practices, when we're getting down or something, you can count on those two always to kind of, you know, say, hey, it's time to get the pieces going again. And, yeah, I mean, I love them both, like brothers, obviously. And they hold me accountable. Even, like, Will and I scrap, Cheese and I get into it. I mean – Oh, Ethan. I mean, a lot of people. I assume most people know him. As Everybody Chief. on this podcast. We've covered it. He's okay. been on before. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my, it's just instinct now to call him that. But, yeah, you can always count on those two to be good leaders and hold everyone accountable. So, I think they're doing a great job stepping into those roles. Now, I got to call something out. I, I don't want to put you on the spot or make you feel weird here. But when we when you first jumped on the Zoom call before we started recording, I asked where you're, where you're uh, recording from. And you said, oh, it's just my shed. Now, yeah. I know in my shed, I've got a couple rakes. We've got the lawnmower, maybe some raid uh, to tackle any wasp nests around the house, those sorts of things. Your quote-unquote shed uh, looks like it has a basically a full gym. you got a speed bag back there, a uh, punching bag. I see a treadmill, scoreboard, uh, posters on the wall. I'm guessing uh, you didn't have a hard time finding some facilities during all this COVID stuff. To no. Kind of keep I, uh, I definitely had the advantage this off season, uh, which we used to have like practices here and stuff when I was growing up and uh, never thought it'd be used for something like this, but I, it was huge to have for my off season experience because a lot of people couldn't find gyms or anything. And it was, yeah, it was great. But yeah, at one point this off season, I joked with Quinn that we were going to have our summer workouts at his parents' place. You know, that was, that was, it was half a joke at least. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, you have an advantage there, but I think, you know, you have an advantage because those guys who are out at the playground playing on the chain nets with the double rims, you know, those shots are going to be a lot more silky smooth, I think, because you basically have to drop it in with no rim contact if you want to make yeah. it. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see uh, how fresh everyone's shot stayed, but uh, you know, with the first game of the season coming up, how does your focus or mindset change? Um, with how you've approached practice and those sorts of things. I know I've, Coach Figueroa has talked about in the past how, you know, you kind of you kind of take your practices and your routines the same way, and then you really start thinking about an upcoming game, you know, the immediate days before a game. But as you draw about a week closer to your first game, do you have a change in your mindset and how you approach things? Yes and no. Uh, I would say no, because I mean, our goal has been to bring that same intensity and effort every day in practice to where 
it's not like he he's not coaching anything but like the X's and O's and I think we've done a pretty good job of that but I say yes because you got to start to think like a game is Saturday and uh, we have minimal room for error now because you know we're getting started and then Saturday it's a real deal and we don't have any time to say oh we'll get it tomorrow at practice or something so I mean that that one week going into it I mean for me at least I'm just thinking I got to be right on point with everything I do so yep and and, and I'm going to echo a little bit of what Quinn said and add to it Matt you know I think something we'll talk with our guys about tomorrow we're recording this on Sunday so this is an off day for us but tomorrow we'll talk about is you know I think the biggest change is for the last five weeks guys have been battling it out and everybody's you know pushing each other and and that's great that's what makes us you know successful but at the same time everybody's also fighting for their spot, their minutes, their role on the team and all that. And at this point, you know, obviously things can change, like I said a little bit ago, but at this point, the mindset has to shift to 100%. It's all about what do I got to do to help the team win this week? And if that's, you know, start, play 32 minutes and score 20 points, or if that's sit on the bench, have high energy, be really positive and, and work my butt off in practice to try to push the guys who are playing, then so be it. And that's, you know, the really good teams we've had at Briar Cliff had guys that really excelled in their roles, whether it was, you know, leading scorer, leading minute getter, all the way down to, you know, 16th guy on the bench that knows he's probably not going to get in on any given night. And, and I think that's probably the biggest change for some guys. Um, but I think from a mentality standpoint, I think Quinn hit it, you know, and I, he repeated what I've said many times this, this off or this preseason is if we can coach X's and O's as coaches, it's going to be a lot better off for everybody. It's going to make us better in the long run. And, and I agree with him 100%. I think guys have done a phenomenal job, you know, through 22, 23 practices. I'd say 21, 22 of those, I've been able to really focus on just coaching our execution and all those things and not having to worry about guys communicating on the floor, guys working hard, guys competing hard. Um, it's just kind of the expectation our older guys have set. And that's, it's been good to see that, obviously. So Quinn, you know, you're from Indianola, a little bit outside of the GPAC footprint. One question, you know, one thing I've never really asked our guests before um, and, and maybe our listeners would, would enjoy some insight into this. But, you know, who, who recruited you uh, to Briarcliff? How did that process work? And, uh, you know, what about, what about your recruiter? Not necessarily the program, but what about the person or persons that recruited you or really helped sell you on coming up to the cliff? Right. Um, well, initially, I think Coach Figueroa sent me a text after an AAU game. And then uh, to further my recruitment, uh, Shipley, uh, was big in that, but, uh, I mean, once they reached out to me and then I got, they said, come up for a visit. And then once I went on a visit, I kind of knew you can kind of tell, and I think if you ask anyone that goes to Briarcliff now, like what sold them, <clears throat> once they went there and then they, like, I was like still on the edge, you know, like when you're going through the visit, you know, it's, it's all new, but then once you really meet the guys and like who you get to play with, like, that's overall what sold me. And I think anyone you ask like from far away or from close that you can, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like once you meet those guys, that's what stuck out to me most more than any other school I went to. It just felt like home, you know, and it's hard to describe. Uh, but overall, that's what it was for me. Just meeting those guys and no regrets now either. Like now that I'm playing with them and it's obvious I made the right choice. So 
Awesome. Yeah, I mean, fun, fun, fun fact about Quinn's recruitment, Matt. He played for the same high school coach as Jay Wolf at different schools. Oh, okay. But um, that's a guy, Brett Watson's his name. Um, he was a really good player, um, a couple years older than me, played at Wayne State. But anyway, he's a guy just I, – I really respect his opinion of players. And he, you know, he had told us all along when we recruited Jay way back when, hey, this kid could be an absolute stud for you. Well, he was pretty right. Mm-hmm. And uh, – you know, when we were recruiting Quinn, he'd just tell me, like, hey, he's going to be good. You know, it might not be a freshman year, but he, he can be really, really good. Trust me. And so that's, uh, that helped. And with that, Quinn, I got, a, I got a question I've never asked you. Who has a better foot stomp, Coach Watson or myself? <laughs> oh, that's a battle of the brutes right there. Uh, I don't know. I would love to see these two coaches <laughs> each other and just go at it because I feel like – there'd be cracks in both sides of the floor. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be the, on the end of the foot stomp. I'll tell you that. But uh, No, you don't. But no, I mean, and I kind of, when we were talking about recruiting, uh, when I came on my visit here, I, I mean, I saw a lot of the same kind of will to win, I'd say. I mean, you could tell. In high school, once, once we got Coach Watson as a head coach, it was like way different than what we've ever had. And it was like we were there to win. And then I kind of got that feeling when I went to Briarcliff because, I mean, I want to play basketball to win at the end of the day. And I got that feeling both when I was getting recruited and then when I got here. So my high school and uh, college are two totally different game plays. I'll say that. Uh, but two very good coaches so far. So What's been the most intense uh, rant? Or intense you've seen Coach Figuera in your time here at the Cliff so far? Oh, intense? Well, before I even got to the Cliff, I was at the Jamestown game. And that's probably one of the most <laughs> intense things I've seen in a, in a long time. Uh, Jaden Klanesling, everyone knows him obviously on here. I think he just went under a ball screen on – I don't know who the player was. or any It was that. Kevin Oberweiser from Jamestown. Maybe the best shooter in the country that year. Yeah, and uh, Jaden went under it, and I'm pretty sure Jaden still thanks Eric Erdman every day for wheeling himself down to the end of the bench and say, all right, he gets it, because he followed him down the bench, up the bench, and I don't – and Jaden's just sitting there with his head down, just <laughs> taking it, and I was like, you know, and I was before I committed, and I'm like, oh, he's, he's, he's serious about that. But, uh, no, that's pretty intense. And then any day of Jackson Lamb practice is very intense. I went through that a year. So I, to, to say what his most intense moment is, is hard for me. No, he'll get, I mean, he'll get on us when we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So we'll see a lot of intense moments throughout everyday practice, I'd say. All right. Well, uh, you know, we've been doing our starting five segment here uh, on the cast. We like to get our guests involved with that so uh, before we started recording I sent coach the starting five category and I think you guys have had a little bit of time now to think about your answers to that so for this week for the starting five you know now that the weather's starting to get chilly I saw some snowflakes even over the weekend uh, you know in the winter it's it's always you know kind of a good time especially on a Sunday afternoon to sit down and just see what's on TV and I know we're in a little bit different time now where you have Netflix and you have a lot of options but you know, once upon a time, you had to flip through the TV channel just to see what's on. And maybe if you're lucky, you'll catch a movie kind of at the beginning so you can watch it. But so I thought for this week's category, what we would uh, 
have the starting five lists B are movies that you have to finish when you see them. You could catch them halfway through, but you still have to finish that movie. It's maybe not your favorite movie, although it could be, uh, but the category is movies that are just so watchable that if you see them on, you have to finish them. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to, to you guys. You guys can decide who goes first here. All right, I'll jump in, Max. I just told you a little bit ago, I thought this was a pretty easy one for me. And, you know, I'm going to backtrack on something you said. In the age of Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, every other streaming service there is, this isn't so much of a thing anymore. I was actually just talking to some of our guys about, you know, the difference of even when I was in college to now that they're in college. And we're talking, you know, 15 years difference. And it's unbelievable, really. You know, I, I had a landline phone in my dorm room right. as, a, as, a, as a junior in college in 2004, 2005. And I was joking with a couple of guys, you know, with social media, everybody has cell phones. They don't really know the pain of having to call uh, a girl's house and get through their dad on a landline phone first. Right. That, that wasn't easy when you were 14, 15 years old. <laughs> but anyway, that's just a quick off topic rant. Um, starting five, my point guard in this one is, is an easy one for me. I think it might be the greatest movie of all time, and I'm always going to watch it as Goodfellas. Phenomenal. Um, you know, it's long, but it never gets boring. It never drags on. Phenomenal movie. Quinn, you've probably never seen it, but um, Goodfellas, phenomenal. And I always go point guard to post player. I think that's, that's two anchors of a team that you need. And so my post player is going to be Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> so I'm going opposite ends of the spectrum here, mafia, serious movie to uh, funny and stupid. But I'm always going to watch Dumb and Dumber. And, you know, that's just one that, that – that's our era, Matt. Um, yeah. You know, I can remember the first time I saw it. It was actually in a hotel room on a family vacation um, <laughs> the summer it came out. Um, but, uh, you know, so that's going to be in there. And then I've got three, three wing players that are going to round out my starting five here. One is Varsity Blues, mm. one of my all-time favorite movies. And, you know, also a great sign of when I went to high school – because I think everybody in that era loved that movie. Old School is another one of our starting wings. That's probably the hardest I've ever laughed in a movie theater when I watched that. And you know, I came out in college and really, really appealed to my juvenile sense of humor at the time. Um, so that's in there. And then my last one, and this one, it's probably cliche. It's probably a lot of people have this, but I'm going to say Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, It's just a really watchable movie and – I'm probably going to finish her off if it started somewhere. So that, that's my starting five. You got Goodfellas, Varsity Blues, Old School, Shawshank, and Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I had, I had a Dumb and Dumber on mine for sure. Something about those stupid comedies. They're just so easy to watch. Yeah, but you, you and I are close enough in age, Matt, that we're going to have some, some crossovers on this, I'm sure. That's right. Yeah, Tom, I, I don't, I'm not going to go through my list, but uh, Tommy Boy would have been my, my uh, point guard. For sure. That's yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll honorable mention that one for me. That, Tommy Boy's coming off the bench playing in the rotation, no doubt. All right. Uh, Quinn, what do you have? Okay. So uh, one movie that, like, I love, like, I've always liked is Rocky. So if any of the Rockies are on, I got to finish those. Just oh, you're going you're gonna to throw a whole genre into one position. I like this. <laughs> yep. I start getting I, I, I like where you're heading here, Quinn. I start getting hype when they're on, so I just got to finish it, and it just gets me going throughout the day, so. Uh, hey, side note, before, hold on, before you move on, Quinn, rank the original five Rockies in order. None of the new ones. Those don't count in my book. One through you five. Mean, give me uh, Quinn Vesey's uh, definitive order. Oh, uh, I like the, uh, the third one. Probably my first one. 
And then I like the first one as my second one. Rocky three, Rocky one. And then I like the fifth one. So underrated. Everybody bashes on Rocky five. I love the fifth one. The street fight with Tommy Morrison is awesome. I don't care what anybody says. (laughs) You're maybe the first person that's ever agreed with me on this. And then uh, two and then four. All right. So that was was a side note. That one hits me. That one hits me a little controversial there because I might even put Rocky four on my most watchable movies list. So you're, you're great, mon- great montage when he's in Russia. Oh yeah. So All anyway, right. I interrupted you, Quinn. No, yeah, you're good. Rocky movies and, and proceed. Then happy Gilmore. Cause that mm, was yeah. hilarious. So uh, maybe one of the most quoted movies within the basketball program. Yep. <laughs> Between you, Will Johnson and me. It's pretty heavily quoted. And then uh, Spaceballs. Have you guys seen Spaceballs? Oh, of course. Spaceballs is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> love that movie. And then uh, Land of the Lost. Have you guys seen it with Will Ferrell? Unfamiliar with that. Oh, he's... I'm, I'm, I'm aware of it. It's funny. So give that a watch. And then uh, Rudy. I love Rudy. Oh. It gets me the chills too. So any movie like that, I have to watch. All the way through. Love, like love the Rudy. That's a, a great pick there. Yep. Quinn, you you kind of went retro on this. I like it. I mean, I I was not expecting some of these out of a 19, 20 year old. Well, the new movies they're good, but a lot of them just don't make that much sense, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Plus, my dad and I watch a lot of the old movies together because he loves them, and so he says a lot of the lines from them, and so I just pick up on the lines and then he's like you got to watch the movie so we end up watching the movie well uh, i'll say uh, i don't know if you guys have seen this or heard of it but this hubie halloween movie that's on netflix with that i saw that it's 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 i mean it's just it's really stupid but yeah. there's tons of references to other sandler movies so yeah. if you uh-huh. want nostalgia it's worth watching that lots of cameos direct references from that perspective, I'd say it's worth a watch. But if you're just looking for a movie. I haven't even heard of this. I, am I just well, out of the loop on things? It what just I, came out. It just came out. And what I heard is it was a result where Adam Sandler said that if he didn't get an Oscar for his role in Gems, he was going to go make the stupidest movie he possibly could, just out of protest. Oh, I like the sound of this. I, I love a good spite move. That's I, the I believe that's spite what it was. That's, that's it. what I've heard. So. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It does for sure. Well, great list. Those are awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Just something about a lot of people now. I feel like Clint Eastwood get off my lawn, but a lot of these kids now just won't ever have that joy of just happening to find a a good movie on TV and being able to finish it commercials and all. I mean, as much as we hate them, you know, that's part of the experience too. It gives you time to go run to the kitchen or the bathroom or something like that. So good list. No, I disagree with you on commercials, Matt. Because there's this beautiful thing on TV now. It's called the pause button. You don't have to worry about missing anything, and you don't have to deal with commercials. You just hit pause for a couple minutes. So oh, I, I, I know just, that now. I don't want. I don't want the commercials. I'm not. Oh, I'm not saying I would opt for the commercials, but we didn't have a choice back in the day. And there's yeah, that's true about that. That's that is I'm true. Saying. I'm I'm not advocating for commercials. So uh, with that, you know, let's turn things over to Coach for his weekly life rule. And as I've said before. You know, I think a lot of our, our listeners tune into this to see what's going on with uh, Briarcliff basketball, but I think there's a segment of people who just feel misguided and aren't sure what to do when they wake up in the morning. And so 
they listen to Coach Figueroa so they, you know, can put on their shoes and kind of know what's next. So with that, right. what do you have to offer those people? Well, I think, uh, you know, we're pushing late October here. Weather's starting to change a little bit. You get some chilly nights, chilly mornings. My life rule is, you know, we live in the Midwest. Don't overreact to a, a change in the weather. You know, there's certain places and people, the first night it gets a little chilly. It's like, oh, we're cranking the heat way up. <laughs> Don't do it. Just relax. You're going to have an 80-degree day coming still. You're going to turn it off, turn it back on. It's a pain. You know, the first morning, it's like 40 degrees outside. You don't need to be bundled up like you're going to walk eight miles through a blizzard. You know, you're on campus here at Briarcliff. It takes two minutes to get anywhere. So just chill out. Don't overreact to it. And, you know, eventually we'll get to winter, and you'll kind of ease your way in that way. On that, on the, along those same lines, when, you know, at what temperature do you start to maybe put a heavier jacket on? Is, where's the line for you? I'm probably going to need a consistent, like, week of – teens otherwise you know i think it was 33 when i drove up i'm in the office right now i think it was about 33 when i drove up here and you can see i'm just wearing a a long sleeve t-shirt and shorts so um, it takes a lot and i think it's well documented that i wear shorts about every day of the year so i don't know if there is a temperature where that changes quinn how do you feel about that like as far as dressing warmer agree or disagree do you think coaches be a little too harsh with people who just want to throw a jacket on um, I mean, the, the word soft is used quite a bit in our program. And, uh, if you're walking around in, uh, sweatpants or a sweatshirt and it's not below 20 degrees, then you're soft. And, uh, so do I agree personally? No, because I like being warm more than cold, but, uh, I also don't like being soft. So some days when I don't know if I should put on some sweatpants or it's a kind of if, or I just throw on some shorts and that way I'm not soft for the day. This is life. This is multiple life rules rolled into one by Quinn DC right now. (laughs) Well, there you go. Uh, There you have it. Coach's life rule for the week. I'm sure we'll have something even better next week. Supposed to be chilly the next week or so. So we'll see if he changes. I'm I'm sure it's going to be overreaction central all through (laughs) Sioux city over the next week. Then Matt. Uh, see to me the main overreaction is first time we get half an inch of snow uh, oh yeah don't 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 save that one that's a whole other life rule that's gonna be every single year on this podcast life rule just we'll we'll just save that sounds and i hope we i I hope we save it for quite a while because i'm not ready for that yet i hope so too i hope you're right so with that let's go ahead and close things out here with shout outs um I'm going to go ahead and start i'm going to give a shout out to the third grade north future stars football team uh, they have their last game of the year this afternoon, Sunday afternoon, uh, but they're trying to go 7-0. and I have a really good feeling they're going to close the season out undefeated. Uh, so huge year for the future North Stars third grade football team. A lot of overreactors going to be at that game this afternoon, Matt. There's going to be a lot of weather overreactors at that game, no doubt. <laughs> we'll see. Um, well, I'll go next. I got, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to uh, just our, our coaching staff, You know, Coach Forbes, Coach Martin, Coach Graves. Those guys do a great job day in and day out, whether it's working with our guys. You know, I've said time and again, Coach Forbes just kind of runs the show behind the scenes in our program. And, uh, you know, Coach Graves in his first year with us is, is doing a great job. And, and Coach Martin as well in his first year with us. But, you know, those guys do so much that never gets seen or gets credited or anything like that. But they do a big time job. And, make my life a heck of a lot easier on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I'll give a shout out to uh, my teammates because we've had 
long practices for a couple months now. And, uh, I mean, it's a grind and I know a lot of us are tired by the end of the week. We're just trying to get to our rooms to ice ourselves and, uh, it is a grind and I think they're doing a great job. So shout out to my teammates for getting through it and game day is almost here. So we did it. Now we just got to go out there and do what we've learned. And game day will be Saturday, the 24th at four o'clock home game against Bellevue. Again, make sure you catch that game online. Uh, keep an eye out on university communications just in case they are going to let folks in. But, you know, I, I totally get it. You know, we want to do the right things and the smart things now. So maybe we can have more participation and attendance later in the year. So, uh, but at a minimum, again, look online to catch that game. Bellevue, four o'clock, Saturday, the 24th. It's exciting to have basketball again. Uh, I Yes, it is. Since March, you know, to, to have this feeling that, you know, something's kind of kind of back to normal. This is great. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, best of luck to you guys. We'll talk next Sunday about that game and then upcoming games. Just kind of go from there. So on behalf of Coach, on behalf of Quinn, uh, this is Matt. Thanks for listening. Take care.